This is Karagat Warner, and you're listening to the Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Chasers, this is Amy J, and with me today is my friend and podcast accountability partner, Kara Gott Warner. She's a creative knitting magazine executive editor and host of Power Pearls podcast. She began her career designing knitting patterns in 2002, so she's been doing this for some time. Her designs have been published in several magazines, including Creative Knitting, Vogue Knitting, Family Circle Easy Knitting, and Interweave Knits. Kara has a background as a technical illustrator, working with craft books, publishers such as Random House, Lark Books, Sterling Publishing, and F Plus W. Kara first joined Annie's Publishing in 2008 as knitting book editor, and then in 2010 signed on as executive editor of Creative Knitting Magazine and Annie's Knitting Publications. Through her Power Pearls podcast, Kara's mission is to dig deep and ask those burning questions about what turned her guests onto the quote-unquote two sticks and fiber in the first place and what keeps their needles moving. Kara, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. Thanks for having me on the show, Amy. You know, I I thought listening to each other once a week wasn't enough. I had to have you on here so hundreds of people, whoever's listening, could enjoy your story. Well, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. So before we go into your story, let's, for the listeners, Kara and I um, got matched up because we're both part of Podcaster's Paradise. And it was actually, um, I want to say it was a blessing. I think it's been such a great match up for each other. Yeah, I totally agree. It it was really cool, you know, the way that they reached out to me and they were like, we have a partner for you. And I clicked on your, you know, your profile and checked you out. And I thought, all right, let's hop on Skype and start chatting and see what happens. And we had this like, you know, crazy chemistry, you know, it's like, you know, that like first date thing, like, what is it like for the first seven seconds, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) No, I think you're absolutely right. (laughs) And I think that's how it was with us. Like we just, we actually like had to say, okay, stop. Like we got to get off the phone or we got to get off Skype now because <laughs> like we'll talk next week. Um, and so that was really encouraging because I felt like we had so much in common. And also we were really on the same path, you know, as uh, the same trajectory, I guess you could say, as far as where our podcasts were going. And so uh, that was really nice because we bo- we were both kind of ready to do our launches you know, we still hadn't gotten to that point yet. So there was so much that we, you know, we were able to connect with each other on. Absolutely. And we we bounced ideas off each other. We kind of, we really were honest with each other because some of the ideas we came up with were like, maybe not, maybe so. 
And, you know, my launch is over as of as this launch, but, you know, Kara's podcast is still available. So, guys, if you are listening to this, go check out the Power Pearls podcast. The link is in the description and show notes. It's also Power Pearls with a U podcast.com. So go check it out. Listen, subscribe, rate and review because it'll help. That's right. So if you're a knitter, you know, Pearls is with a P. You are. L S. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. So I, being the ignorant person I am of this world, don't know I I had no idea there was a knitting magazine. That you had no idea there was a knitting magazine? I didn't know that there's such a big world of knitters out there. Wow. Oh yeah. This is this is this is a world that I have to uh, educate you about, Amy, for sure. Educate <laughs> me in the dream chasers, because I'm sure there are some people out there who are like you know, I've always thought about knitting and I just, I don't know where to begin or it's not for me or I'm, Hey, I've heard that there are guys, guy knitters out there. Is that true? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually. Um, yeah. Some amazing guy knitters. Um, and, uh, yeah, very prolific. So, uh, definitely there's, there's all genders. So you <laughs> got equal opportunity. Yeah, definitely. So where, you know, where do you want me to start? Let's start with uh, how easy is it to get into knitting? Well, you know, I like to say that it is very easy to get into knitting, although, you know, there'll be a lot of knitters out there that will disagree because I think it's this mindset that they think, well, you know, I'm I'm a beginner or I'm this kind of knitter or I'm, you know, a lot of knitters will pigeonhole themselves. You know, I think it it's kind of like that in a lot of areas in life, if you think about it, you know, we kind of put ourselves in this box and that can happen with knitting too, where someone might think, well, I'm just not good enough. So, um, you know, it's too hard. It's too hard. But, you know, through creative knitting magazine, you know, so that's my, my magazine. And, you know, when I first started as editor back in 2010, my goal was to really make it the go-to magazine for novice knitters Mm -hmm. and for, you know, beginners that, you know, to feel, you know, that it was not an intimidating craft that it's something that that you could do just for the you know knit for the sake of knitting at, at least that just you know move those needles you know what i mean yeah and and it's just a matter of you know simple knit stitches you know knit and purl stitches across the needle and that and so you know that was my goal and you know i there there's something called a skill level you know mm-hmm. so if anyone out there is new to knitting and they don't know um and so there are generally four skill levels um, that these have been determined by the Craft Yarn Council. And with Creative Knitting, about, I'd say three years ago, I expanded those because in magazines, you can kind of, you have the leeway to kind of customize. I mean, other magazines have done this as well. And I said, you know, I'm going to do this with Creative Knitting. And I expanded it to six skill levels. So instead of having easy, intermediate, um, let's see, there's Beginner in easy, intermediate, and challenging patterns. Okay. So I decided to do beginner, um, let's see, beginner, challenging, uh, challenging beginner. Wait, now I can't remember, but um, these, shame on me. But basically, I expanded it to six levels so that knitters didn't feel like they were pigeonholed. So it was kind of like a, a challenging beginner uh, or advanced beginner. I'm sorry, that's what it's called. So easy, or so it's easy uh, advanced beginner, intermediate, uh, advanced, uh, I'm sorry, challenging and, um, and then, um, like ed- ed- experienced or expert, that sort of thing. So, 
that, you know, they, a knitter could jump in and not feel like, oh my gosh, like I can only do this kind of pattern. So I don't know. Does that make does Yeah. That, so you kind of, sense? you kind of allowed people to have a broader understanding or, or ability to get comfortable where they are, but still challenge them in case they're not comfortable exactly. jumping to the next level. Exactly. Because when I first became a knitter, I was reading, uh, you know, magazines like Interweave Knits and Interweave Knits is more for the, I, I would say the artisan knitter or the, I don't know, the more seasoned designer, designer type knitter. And Interweave does not include skill levels in their magazine, which is interesting, which I like because it's like, well, you know what? You love that piece. It's pretty breathtaking and gorgeous. So you just make it. But when you see that little symbol that says advanced or intermediate or beginner, it, it, I think it tends to kind of stunt some people. Maybe intimidate us? Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. I really do. Now, are there tutorials or websites you would recommend for a, for a person who is interested to go and learn more or learn how to knit itself or YouTube videos maybe? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say the best place to start would be to go to Stitch Guide. Dot com And this is a place that people can go and watch knitting videos. And we also, you know, there's also, it's actually an Annie's free guide. You know, it's Annie's publishing. And you can go and watch videos or you can check out illustrations, step and, you know, step-by-step illustrations with explanations if you're not a video person. So you can, you can learn both ways. And I also put out a, a bunch of tutorial videos through Creative Knitting Magazine. So every issue, I do a special tutorial about, you know, some t- type of technique. And there's also an archive. So this archive of years, of the last, you know, three or four years of me putting out tutorial videos. So there's like something, I think I've probably touched on just about every technique. Is Now, is that available online? Yeah, that's that's available on creativeknittingmagazine.com. Awesome. That, guys... Um I admit I've had some interest in this might be the exposure that I have to, to Kara that has influenced me into my interest of, I wonder what it's like to knit. I know my younger sister, um, Gina J who, who has been on the show. She, she was into knitting for a while and, um, you know, life got in the way, but she probably pick it up again after listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, when life gets in the way, that's when you pick up your knitting. That's what I say, because like on power pearls podcast, which we haven't talked about yet, but you know, um, you know, that's what it is. I, I, I talk, I ask my guests, do they go, how do they go, how have they gone to their knitting, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a refuge, you know, as a, as a way to help them through a crisis because that's what knitting does, you know? So, uh, don't, don't turn away from your knitting, you know, go towards it, <laughs> you know, cause it, it does help us it help. It's helped me in many ways in my life. Well, you know, that's a great segue. And if it's not too personal, how did you get turned in onto knitting? How did I get turned on? Well, um, it all started in a little yarn shop on Madison Avenue in New York City. <laughs> um, you know, I was working in the Garment Center, mm-hmm. uh, which is in New York City, you know, so pretty high, high stress, high paced kind of life. And I was in my mid 20s. And so I, I was pretty, you know, miserable all of it every day. And I, you know, was looking for an outlet. And it's, it's funny because it, it was it, it's strange. It took me probably about a year into, you know, working in this environment. And I went walking down, down one of the side streets. Well, actually it wasn't really a side street because Madison Avenue is pretty big. And I'm walking and I look up because this yarn shop was up like one level from the street level. And it was this little shop called the Yarn Connection, which is no longer around. 
And it was right around the corner from where I worked every day. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. So I walk in and I felt like I was going into a little country shop and I connected with everyone in there and I just couldn't believe the, the happiness and, and excitement that I, that I felt. So I started knitting and uh, learning everything I could about the craft. And I knew at that point that there was something magical, you know, at hand here. And I wanted to design, but I just, you know, I think at the time I didn't really know what designing was. And I just knew that I really, really, really wanted to make it my life. And, you know, I'll back up and say that I first learned how to knit when I was 12. You know, my grandmother taught me and I dabbled, but, you know, it wasn't like, I guess, you know, there wasn't a catalyst for that to be this major thing in my life. You know, I dabbled and I let it go. So you dipped your toes in the, you dipped your toes into the water? Well, exactly. But, you know, I was still young. You know, I was only 12. Yeah, so, you know, that's a good point. It's, it's not, you know, it's hard to be prolific or very determined about something at that age. So <laughs> I didn't come back to it until my 20s. And seriously, it's been, I, I mean, I've been nonstop since, my, since 25. I've been knitting nonstop. It's been a huge passion in my life. And so I knew I wanted to turn it into a career. And I, I didn't know how at the time, but I was determined to figure it out. And then I just went up that road and started networking and meeting other knitters and learning how to design and joining networking groups and going to trade events and you name it. I, I did it, you know, and, um, started freelance designing and, you know, fast forward to today. I mean, like I was a a knitwear designer friend said, Oh, by the way, Annie's who was called DRG publishing at the time said, they're looking for an editor. And I thought of you. And that, that's how things happen. You know, I'm glad you, know you said that. Thing, like, it's true. You know, luck, when luck, luck meets opportunity, luck is when, uh, what is, oh gosh, what is that saying? Um, oh, luck is when preparation meets, meets opportunity. Because, you know, I had worked really hard and prepared so hard. And also the intention was out there. It was in my mind. I knew I wanted, I wanted to be a magazine editor. I did put that seed out there. I really did. And so. the thing is for you, I mean, you had continued on. I mean, this took how long would you say after you got bit by the bug before your first opportunity and saw things actually happening? Would you say it was like a year? Well, um, honestly, I would say that it was probably when I bit, got bit by the bug, it was like 1995. Okay. I didn't start designing until 2002. All right. Like, and then really, really putting the pieces together. So I'm just saying like it, it took a decade, right? Like give or take a year, whatever. So 2002... Honestly, I would say like not until about 2004, 2005 did things really start to click because I started freelancing as an itwear designer, as an illustrator and editor like right around 2007, 2008. And that's when it really started clicking, you know, financially for me and making a name for myself in the industry. But this is what I love is that 1995 in the 90s is when you get bit by the bug and you stick with it. Like, I'm sure, or maybe I'm not sure, did, any time during that period, that decade-long period, did you have doubts? Did you think, okay, you know what, I got to throw in the towel here. It's not going to happen. Um, maybe it's time for something else. I didn't. <laughs> I never, about knitting, I just, I never felt that way. I really didn't. Um, because it's sort of like this thing that it was, it wasn't work as much. It was this huge passion. Like, and I've never... Um, I often think like, wow, you know, I feel so gift, so lucky that I have this passion that's never left me. 
you know, maybe someday it'll turn into another passion, but it's always been a passion. So the lines between work, it being work Mm -hmm. and pleasure have always been blurred. You know what I mean? No, I love it. I I love that you're doing something that makes you feel this way. Yeah. And, and it was always like this thing where I never doubted that I would just, you know, do whatever, you know, end up doing something in the industry. Um, because, you know, being a knitwear designer, and I'll just say this right now, and I say this a lot on, on Power Pearl's podcast that, you know, you know, and, and my guests say it too, um, there's not a lot of money in this industry. So you have to be scrappy. And what I mean by that is, you know, sure, design for magazines, do a couple books, you know, get, get the book because that's great to have your book. Um, but also, you know, do other things, you know, and for me, that was being an illustrator and I was pretty successful in that respect. And, um, also being a freelance editor, which led me to becoming the full-time editor that I am today. So you can't, if you just focus on one small aspect of the industry, um, it's going to be pretty hard to, to, to make, make a full-time living. And I know a lot of designers that do just focus on the publications, and they have to keep that full-time job. So if you really want to make a go at it, you can do it. You know, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. You can totally do it. But it's about being scrappy. I just love using that word because that's what I did. And I did, I did have a full-time, you know, gig doing that as a business, you know. I mean, well, and and I, so. think, I think just to be clear, guys, she, she means scrappy and patient. She didn't get it like right off the bat. She, she was scrappy and persistent. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's what it takes. You know, because like we've heard that, that, you know, that saying all the time about the overnight success that took 10 years. Yes. <laughs> because nobody, you know, nobody saw what was going on, you know, so they didn't see you before that. So they didn't know. So really, it's kind of interesting because you brought, you just pulled that out of me, Amy, seriously, because it did, it, I was like that 10 year overnight success, I guess. Yeah. I mean, can you, for, for the people who are unfamiliar like myself with the knitting world, I mean, i learning that there's a council, that there's knitting magazines. How big is the knitting industry and the world of knitting? Hmm. Wow. Um, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> the, the industry is small. It is small. But the thing that I'm learning is that the people that we're able to reach is probably a lot bigger than the industry itself. You know, because I've been amazed with the power of, I was going to say the power of the pearl, (laughs) power pearls podcast. Um, you know, it's amazing to me, like the people that I've been reaching, like in, you know, Iraq and Italy, you know, in, you know, Afghanistan and like all over the world. And of course the United States, I'm blown away by the reach, you know, and the people that I'm, I'm touching and same thing with the magazine and it is, a, it's a big business. It, it, I mean, as far as who it's reaching, but being involved in the industry, it is a small, it's a small world and it's a happy small world. I mean, I love being a part of it. I really do. But, uh, and, and this isn't to put you on the spot, but I mean, your podcast is reaching thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So as small as this industry is, I mean, you're doing amazing and guys, she's doing amazing things with the Power Pearls podcast. Yeah, it's really encouraging because honestly, when I first started, my whole, you know, kind of shtick was like, okay, I'm reaching out to everyday knitters and designers, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, and there's a really great cross section of both. And I'm finding that 
I am able to really connect with designers. Like there are a lot of people, if they're not designing or want to get into designing, even just the everyday knitters love the stories. They love to hear how designers are making it in the industry. And so, you know, as they say, the riches are in the niches. I totally believe that. So if, and, and you know, I mean, of course the podcast is uh, free. I mean, I'm not making any money on the podcast, but I'm using it as a sort of like a metaphor or, or analogy, you know, for the fact that I used to think like, okay, I shouldn't just connect with people that are interested in designing. I need to be broad consumer based. But I realized that I have something really special to offer. You know, like I'm paying forward something really special, being an editor of a magazine and being in this industry for 10 plus years. So we're, you know, since the beginning of really getting into it, I mean, we're talking, um, you know, I've spent my time, you know, I've really, I've really learned and it's taken me time. And now I can tell people, here's how you do it. Here's how you can get on the top of the pile. Uh, you know, your, your, your submission, your proposal, if you want to design, here's what you can do to get on the top of the list. Here's, how the editor will take a look at you, you know, and these are things that I am getting a huge, uh, you know, positive response from people out there. And yeah, like you said, thousands of people are responding to that. So, um, it's, it's awesome. It's great. <laughs> well, let's, let's take a moment and talk about the podcast because I, I don't think this interview would be complete if we didn't do that because you're, you were at your, <clears throat> you were at the magazine for a while. And then, I mean, for me, I came to know about the podcast when we were talking, but what drew you to go this route to, to big, go the route of, let me create a podcast because, you know, being an editor of a magazine isn't enough. Let me do something else. Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I knew that I had a platform, a special platform with creative knitting because, you know, I'm, yeah, essentially a big fish in a little pond, you know? And so I knew but looking at it from that perspective of how I can benefit a lot of people uh, because of that platform. And so I said, you know, this has to happen. And it's something that I've been thinking about for a good, a good while. So, you know, it's my, it's my second, you know, foray, if you will, into podcasting because I do have another podcast called The Morning Cool Down. Uh, and that was just me, like, because I'm a morning lover and we won't get into that, but it was like the primer for me to, you know, really get into power pearls. And I, I always talked about, you know, knitting, uh, on, you know, morning cool down. And so I, you know, some of my most viral episodes were with knitwear designers because I started pulling them into that, you know, mix. And I said, you know what, this is, this is a clear message. I have to share this message with the world and I need to do it through, uh, through a knitting podcast, because I have a much bigger reach because I'm an editor of a major knitting magazine. And so I also knew that I could really help designers and budding designers by sharing, you know, tips and resources and bringing in guests that are going to talk about, you know, here's how, like I said earlier, here's what you can do to, to, to better yourself as a designer. Or if you're not as a designer, Here's how you can become one. This is what you need to do. Here are the steps. I mean, I outlined them because I have a, a free guide that I'm giving away. So, you know, on my podcast, you know, if you sign up for the, the updates, you know, the newsletter, you get this free guide, you know, and it's just my way of paying forward all the knowledge that I have. And that's my mission. That's my goal. And, you know, uh, my first guest on the podcast was Trisha Malcolm, who is the uh, VP and uh, um, editorial director of Vogue Knitting. And we on that podcast, which is probably the most listened to podcast to date, mm -hmm. um, we 
kind of had an editor to editor conversation, you know, because we both deal with the same exact things when it comes to what we get in um, on a day-to-day basis when we're putting out a call to designers and all the things that we, we feel like, hey, here's what you need to do to make, you know, help yourself so you can help us. And, you know, it's just creating a win-win, you know, so she's coming back on the show because we decided we need to turn this into a series because this is really going to benefit so many people. Absolutely. So, and it's really yeah. cool. It's really cool um, how you're able to bring that experience and those conversations to people. I mean, it's, it's, it may not be as um, impactful initially for people who are new to knitting, but to then as they learn more about it, they'll realize, hey, that first podcast I listened to, that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to have it grow and kind of help people who are into knitting or trying to get into knitting, that's, I think you're doing a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's really exciting. It's so encouraging. And I'm so happy to be doing this. Now, how often, how often is the podcast airing? Well, you know, it's, it's bi-weekly, um, you know, and so when I first launched, I was, uh, you know, releasing an episode like once a week and, you know, you know, as you know, you know, since we're, you know, accountability partners, <laughs> when we, when our launch, when that first week, that launch week was over, I was a little bit nervous, like, oh no, but you know, it's been growing. It really helped boost, you know, things tremendously, but yeah, it's, so it, it is bi-weekly and I think that it's working very nicely. So guys, you have plenty of time to be listening to these episodes and get into knitting. But Exactly. Even, why not? <laughs> But even more than that, I, I wanted you guys to hear Kara's story for what she's doing, how far she's come. I mean, she was persistent. She was determined. She made her passion happen, right? Because she could have given up at any point during that time. I think I might have. Yeah, but, you know, when you, like I said earlier, when it's when it comes to something that you're really passionate about, um, yeah, I mean, it's it. there's no... There's no um, it's just, it's like eating, you know, it's like eating, drinking, sleeping. It's like, it's just what you do. It was such, it's such a part of me. And I don't know, you know, it's maybe some people can't relate to that, you know, but it's a passion. It's a drive. It's a thirst, you know? And yeah, there were times when, I'm not going to say I was ready to throw out the, throw in the towel, but I, I did, I didn't talk about this, but I spent a lot of years doing other things. I was a bookkeeper <laughs> for like eight years. Mm-hmm. I waited on tables. Uh, and I really didn't like doing that. I'll be honest. And it w- if it wasn't for my husband who, you know, those, those silent, you know, those partners, those uh, significant support, others that support are... Support systems? Yeah. Yeah. He is the secret behind my... Tr- truly the secret behind my success. He's just, you know, he's not a man of many words. But um, I'll never forget when I was... Uh, when we, you know... I don't know, a couple of years into, um, after we, you know, we were together and we were married and I was yet again working in a finance job and I was on this, this other traje- this trajectory to go in like into finance, not just bookkeeping, like finance, you know, uh, you know, financial planning and all this junk that's not, you know, but it was, this was like before the crash, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> seriously, it was like a year before that. And I remember coming home one day crying miserably. I'm like, this is not who I am. I I just, this is so against the grain. And he just says, just quit. Like it was so like off the cuff. It was like, no, like, you know, 
no big deal. Seriously. And he was like, just, just quit. And the next day I quit. I mean, I, you know, nicely gave my two weeks, but that was it. And I never looked back. Now, I never looked back. At that point though, when you quit, did you put more effort into the knitting side of things that you were trying to pursue? Yes. Like the I afterburners were turned on? Yes. Because at that point I went full force into freelancing as a illustrator. So at that time I made most of my money as an illustrator. Um, and that was, you know, really, I had such a success doing that. And then, and I was also, a, you know, being a, I was a, an independent designer. So that means I was designing patterns and selling them to magazines and I had my own collection. So I would sell them online, sell them to yarn shops. And I was also, uh, and I also landed a great position as a freelance editor. And that was with Annie's. That was before I was full-time with creative knitting. I was doing all the hardcover books with Annie's. So that was my gig for three years. And it was really great. And you know, my business was growing every year. And then in 2010, they asked me to come on board full time, which meant I had to become an employee. And so that was like something I grappled with, but I knew it was a stepping stone and that's why I did it. And so that's, that was, you know, five and a half years ago. Um, so I picked up my family and moved to Indiana from Florida. (laughs) I mean, I'm originally from New York, so I've been around, but, um, but yeah, I made that decision. I I knew it was a, it was a, 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 an amazing, uh, stepping stone in my career. And so that's, that's what, what happened. Now, looking back on your journey and where, how far you've come, is there anything that you would change? Anything that you regret that you would wish you could do over? Wow. It's funny. Um, you know, and I mean this, I'm serious. I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I feel like I've done everything I've wanted to do and I've just had this faith and this faith turned into this belief that this unwavering kind of belief that whatever I decided that I wanted to do, I could just go ahead and do it. You know, um, I just didn't think about it too much because I had these little jewels or these little examples in my life that said, Oh yeah. I mean, or that showed me, Oh, you can do this, you know? Um, so I, I just, yeah, I, I really, I don't feel like I have any big regrets, honestly, Amy. And um, yeah, sure, there are things that, you know, you do and you're like, oh, I wish I did this a little bit differently. But I, I don't really have anything big like that in my experience in this, uh, you know, in this um, path that I've taken. That is fantastic. Not a lot of people get to be able to say that. Yeah. No, I, I really, truly feel that way, you know. Um, but yeah, mistakes mistakes are made. I mean, there have been mistakes or there are little things, but... Those are those things. If there those mistakes that have happened have taught me some great lessons, and so um, you know that's that's the truth. If anything, I'd, I wish I listened more and talked less. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I because I, I do I love to talk. I'm a talker. I'm a talker. What can I say? There, there's nothing wrong with that. But we're gonna we're gonna take a moment and um, switch gears over to the game. Now that, now that we've talked about your story, we gotta put your talking skills to the test. If you will, it's time for rapid fire guys. And for those of you who are new to the show, rapid fire is when we test one's brain ability and talking ability because, um, Kara is going to pick a number between one and three. It's going to be a category, say sports. And then she and I are going to take turns rapidly listing off items that match that category. So the first person to hesitate, say something obviously wrong or repeat a previous answer is out. 
Okay. Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> no I'm ready. pressure. I'm ready to be like, I'm ready to be like totally off the cuff. This is good for me because I plan way too much. <laughs> All right. So, uh, between one and three, you got to pick a number. Okay. I have to pick. Oh. <laughs> okay. Three magazines. All right. So we are going with names of different magazines that are out there. Although okay. you may have that advantage given that you're a magazine editor. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I have every magazine under the sun sitting in my office. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, no. Close your eyes. <laughs> okay, you want to go first or shall I? Um, well, I guess I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to go first. I didn't really understand the rapid fire thing. You, so um, you, you name a magazine, I name a magazine, we go oh, back and forth. okay, got it. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, um, I don't know why this is in my mind. Scientific American. I don't know where National Geographic. <laughs> National Geographic? Yeah, so you got to name another one. Oh, okay. Uh, um, easy. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's no. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, technically oh, oh. you're out, right? Am I out? Technically you're out. Oh, no. Because you got to rapidly go back and forth. Just, just. Oh, shoot. Okay, should we start over or are we just we, not We'll, we'll start over kind of, with this category. This is- and, and this is raw. This is raw and real. I like it. But anyway, go ahead. Raw, real, and unedited, guys. All right. Okay, so go, um, I'll do, I'll do go first, and yeah. then you go, and then I go, and then you go, and then I go. All right. Okay. Okay. Entertainment Weekly. Oprah. Time. Good housekeeping. People. Time. I said time. <laughs> I said time. <laughs> uh, people. No, you're out. Oh no! Did you say that? I said time. No, but People Magazine. I said People also. Oh, no. <laughs> You're out of magazines. Right, right, you know, funnily enough, uh, as a magazine editor, I thought you would have had more <laughs> more names at your fingertips there. Because uh, I guess I was a little nervous, Amy. That's all right. That's all right. It happens. You you are living the dream, so it's okay. Okay, cool. So, Kara, before we wrap up, it, it's time for your corner. Is there anything that you would recommend to a dream chaser? It could be anything, a quote, a book, a song, someone they should check out. Sky's the limit. What do you think? Wow. Yeah. You know what? I'm reading a book right now called Big Magic. Have you heard of it, Amy? I haven't. You haven't talked about it's, it. Big Magic. Okay. Oh, it's awesome. It's it's by Elizabeth Gilbert and it's it's called Big Magic Creative Living Beyond Fear. It is so awesome. I totally love this book and I think everyone should read it if you're a creative person, if you're a maker. And, you know, in the book, you know, she, in this one chapter, this chapter that I just read, um, it's called Hard Labor Versus Fairy Dust. (laughs) And and, And she says at the very beginning, it says, I sit at my desk and I work like a farmer. This is what she, um, that's an interesting way she to uses, say. Yeah, she right. You're right. I know. This is her as a writer, like that. It's not always glamorous, you know, like sitting and writing. Like there's, but sometimes there's fairy dust, and if you do it long enough, there's going to be fairy dust. But basically, it's her way of saying, like, you don't need permission to be creative. You don't need permission to to go ahead and make art. And I think in our in our lives, you know, we've been afraid, or there's this little thing that tells us that we should you know, we're not good enough, you know? And so this is an awesome book because it, it tells you, you know, she's telling us to go ahead and go ahead and, uh, you know, be creative and not, not, not 
hold back. So that's a great book. And I'm also a really big affirmation person. Okay. So I, I, I love to write on index cards. I'm a really big index card person, you know, Sharpies and index cards. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes that I keep on in an index card is the Martin Luther King quote. Um, it's, uh, and it goes like this, um, take the first step in faith. You don't need to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And I know a lot of people have heard that. It's a pretty popular one, but it really is very meaningful and poignant in my life because I truly believe in it. And, you, you know, just take the first step because the other steps are going to reveal themselves when the time is right. So if you're struggling and you're confused, that's a sign. It means stop trying. It's not time. Let go. And what you need to know will come when it's ready to come. I love that. I love that. What a great reminder. Guys, that is some deep stuff and very true. Very, very true. Thank you so much, Kara, for being on the show and sharing that knowledge and also your knowledge of, of knitting and your dream chase story, it was wonderful. And I think it gave a lot to our listeners. Well, thanks, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. And, and if anyone's interested in checking out the, the podcast, they can find me at powerpearlspodcast.com. So thanks again. And this was a, this was a ton of fun. Thank you. Thank you again, Kara, for sharing your dream chase story with all of us and reminding us that it doesn't matter how long a dream chase takes. It may take 24 hours, it may take 30 days, one year, five years, or even 10 years in some case, or longer. What's important is that you are chasing your dreams that you are passionate about. Be sure to check out Kara and her Power Pearls podcast, as well as her second podcast, The Morning Cooldown, and all of those links will be in the show notes that you can find at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 16. That's episode 16. Till next week, guys, when we have another Dream Chase story for you, keep chasing those dreams. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's aimeej two one. Or leave a comment on her website, ChasingDreamsHQ.com. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.